Hi everyone, and welcome to another conversation on leadership. My name is Jeroen Bademans and I'm happy to be able to talk again with another leader and talk about leadership. And today we're going to talk about a special kind of leadership, which I will introduce you a bit more on later on. Because in these conversations, we talk about leadership and leaders throughout the world, throughout all different sectors and throughout all different backgrounds. And I'm very interested in what's their personal leadership journey, what makes them tick and what does them keep awake at night. As I said, I'm honored to have a very special guest for you today because, well, almost literally, we're going to have a look in the kitchen of leadership because today I'm going to introduce you to the co-founder and the general manager of Geranium, which is one of the top restaurants in the world. It was even listed as the number one restaurant in the world in 2022. So I'm very looking forward to this conversation. I hope you do as well. And please let me now introduce to you Søren Ledetz. Hi, Søren. How are you? I'm good, good. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Really, thank you for your time already. Happy to, well, let's say, have a table in your restaurant because that's what, what we see right now, right? You are in the kitchen in the restaurant at... Uh, and well, in, I'm, in, I'm in sitting at a table in the restaurant, yes. Ah, okay, perfect, perfect. As I said in the introduction, uh, uh, we are going to, well, to deep dive in the kitchen of leadership and I'm very happy to explore with you. Yeah, let's see some comparisons in, in, in your sector in hospitality in the restaurant and how can we, well, level that up to a more general perspective of leadership for your personal perspective, of course. So really looking forward to it. And let me start with just a, a kickoff question. Um, as I said in the introduction, Geranium has been listed as the top restaurant in the world last year. In terms of leadership, what do you consider as your key success factor in order to reach that success? Well, um, I think there's a lot of things you have to do. Um, first of all, as a company, when you're, when you're striving to aim for a goal, which is uh, basically a yearly competition, you have to kind of change the goal of your business, which also changes your leadership. So what we had to do um, as being pursuing this, um, this, uh, this, this great prize or being the best restaurant in the world was that we, we basically changed our structure from being a finite um, business that looked well into the future to just trying to look shortly to see what we can change in terms of achieving this one goal. Um, so, and, and, and when that, when that is said, belts down into, to everything, all of your, the, the restaurant managers, the, the head chef, the sous chefs, everything, their, the goal changes. We didn't have to do as much as we thought we would, would do because the structure we had in the business was actually quite good. So we didn't have to alterate all that much, except that you kind of view your goals a little bit more short term than rather long sighted. That's interesting because usually when I talk on leadership with lots of people, they say, well, you have to have a long-term focus and you have to stick to the strategy. You have to keep in mind where you want to go to. But actually, are you saying that that you also have to, well, have a substantially part of this strategy is also really short-term? 
Is is that what you're saying? It is. I mean, the way the world's 50 best works is that there are people who can vote for you. They can only vote for you in a certain small period of, of time every year. So you basically have to make sure that you're you're at your very, very best. I mean, all year around for sure, but you have to make sure that as many of those voters that can vote uh, will have the chance to visit you uh, in that previous year. So that the, f the frame is very small. And if you need to make any changes or better yourself, you have to make sure that you've done that prior to that little window. Yeah. So in that, that sense, it becomes like a really compressed um, effort, which is, in all honesty, not what I prefer. No, I prefer know. that I prefer that uh, that we that we're more long-sighted, that we that we're more uh, an infinite company that that looks 10, 15 years into the future and correct all of the small things that we do along the way. So, in all honesty, I'm happy that we're no longer in the pursuit of this because now we're sort of in the best of the best category. So now we've gone back yeah. to the way we used to do things, which is way more long-sighted. So. And that's interesting because you also consider that as a good thing that you, well, basically step back a little bit, but that's in your opinion, a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, when we opened Geranium 15 years ago, our main goal was never the Michelin stars. It wasn't to get accolades on various ranking lists. It was actually just to be a better version of ourselves and let geranium grow as a more organic flow over time, knowing that that would be affected by how we got older, how we changed view of things along the way and, you know, maybe did things more simple or changed things like not serving meat anymore and so forth, but having it be like a more organic thing. But being at the top of the world's 50 best list, which we were for about three years, right at the top before we won it, um, was years where we kind of changed our business plan to focus a little bit more on maybe trying to achieve being number one more than having our long-sided organic flow, which was very, very hard. Absolutely, because I do think one of the big topics, of course, talking about leadership is being able, but also uh, let other people, let your staff being able to make mistakes. I can imagine being in a uh, restaurant or in the hospitality uh, sector as a whole, you are not able to make mistakes, right? It has to be every single minute of the evening or lunch. It has to be perfection. We strive to, but I mean, we're all human and we make mistakes all the time. And luckily, luckily in the history of human beings, uh, no one has ever been judged by the mistake they make. They are being judged by how they handle the mistakes they make. And we make a lot of mistakes on every given day, but we have a very good system for how we react to those mistakes, how we better those mistakes. And in many ways, sometimes making a mistake 
in the restaurant with a guest actually gives us an opportunity to do something extra for that guest in order to better that mistake. And in the end, it, it actually ends up for in many, many situations, maybe nine out of 10, it, it was, it ended up being good that we actually made that mistake. So perhaps the guest left the restaurant even um, more positive than he would have done without exactly. the mistake, right? <laughs> so, okay. And and what would what would you be your advice to other leaders more in a general perspective? Because like I said, I've have been had have been having many conversations with leaders throughout all different sectors. Um empower your people to uh, let your people be able to to feel and learn. What would be your lesson or your advice to them from your experience? My my advice would definitely be I mean, there are two two advices. First and foremost be able to, to let go, give responsibility to the people, um, and have faith and trust that they can actually live up to it. Because in many cases, if you let them, they would. Another thing, and which has proven for us to be the most, um, most important part of being successful along the years is that we've been very, very critical of ourselves. We have every week we sit down and we look at every single little thing that we do wrong. And we talk about how we can better that thing, how we can avoid that thing the week following, you know, instead of, instead of just letting things slide, we catch them right there and then every week. And it, because it, it has meant that we had to pay attention to every little detail. But it also means that you have and to I be very. First, sorry to 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 interrupt you, but it has. It means that you yourself have to be very vulnerable as well. You also have to be really reflective oh, yeah. on yourself as well as a as a leader as a manager, right? Well, the, well, the, and that's you know that's that's a good thing about us being two me and Rasmus, hmm. is that we can be that counterpart to each other. You know, I know his strengths and weaknesses. He knows mine. And in that sense, it's easy for us to to go in and to give constructive criticism to one other on a weekly basis, which is very, very good. And it has been extremely helpful, in, especially for us developing as leaders to, I mean, I think most of the time we see our own flaws and mistakes. Mm -hmm. we, will, uh, we will recognize them as well. But ever so often, we react to a, a conflict or a problem in a way that we probably perceive as being the right way, but our opposition, my counterpart, will probably look at it a little bit different or at least give me another perspective on it. So I think for us, it's been really strong to be two and allow each other to, to have complete transparency and be honest in every single possible way. So that all comes down in communication, you're saying, right? To be open and transparent on what you think and what you feel and what you see and what you, yeah, what you would like to do as well. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. What's the biggest learning or challenge um, you have been facing yourself in your, let's say, leadership career so far? I think, I think when I was young and I started uh, managing, in a young age, I I thought I was much 
much better at it than I was. Um, I had difficulty recognizing that I weren't maybe as good. So I wasn't very good at taking criticism, something I had to work on for, for years and years and years. But once you kind of get into the, to knowing that there are always going to be people who are better than you or know more than you in certain areas of leadership. But if you can take constructive criticism and use it positively and better yourself and have the strength to, you know, also to work on those weaknesses that you will have, you will come out stronger definitely at the end of it. Yeah. But do you also mean then that it should not be, that you should not be too young starting being a manager or being a leader or being, well, uh, 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 yeah, a manager or, I, or. I, I think, I think that's, that's probably the biggest, um, mistake you see people doing is that they will go in to be leaders in a, in a very young age. And, um, and you see some people burn out quite too early. I think to be a good leader, you have to have, you have to be mature. And when I mean mature, I mean, you have to know who you are. You have to know what your limits are, how your mental, where your mental borders are. And I think for a lot of people and especially male, it doesn't, you don't get there until you're in your mid thirties. I think that, I mean, that's for me, at least that was where I, you know, knew that where all of my limitations and borders were yeah for sure yeah a very good perspective as well let us give, give us a, a bit more insights a, a look in your kitchen because also a very big topic within the uh, uh, uh the topic of leadership in general of course is is is, is teamwork um, yeah i guess in a restaurant and especially in a restaurant like yours is teamwork the number one well challenge perhaps or I think uh, I think a lot of restaurants around the world struggle with maintaining um, a, a good group of staff, um, and I think it comes down to work environment, not where you're working. I mean, we have a very beautiful kitchen, all of that. We have a nice view, all of that. It's it's not really that. It's it's the culture. It's uh, it's it's how we how we how the group is, how we talk to each other. And I think first and foremost, what has been important for us has to, to, to make it very, very familiar. I mean, uh, both Rasmus and I care a lot about our staff. We have long conversations with every one of them, um, about who they are also besides working. I mean, it's, it's important for me that I, I, I know all of my, all of the people that work for me. Uh, on a personal level as well, because I need, I need to, I need to be able to, to know when, when, when they're not performing well, it, there's usually a reason for that, you know, but if, if, if I know them really well, if I know their family situations and whatnot, it's easier for them to come and, you know, tell me my grandmother is feeling ill. I'm not at my very best today. And if you can create, uh, and that'll be all, that'll, that'll be fine. And I'll, I'll respect that and I'll move things around or give them a day off or something that, so they, they can get, you know, get all that 
mentally sorted as well. Yeah. Uh, but if you can create that, that kind of team where there's a, f- a familiar um, feel, not just with me and the staff, but the staff in between selecting the right group of, uh, of people that, 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 that knows that everybody has equal value and everybody has the same importance to, to the restaurant. Yeah. Um, you can really start to get a good, good group of people. And I think that is the most, most important thing. So that's also comes down to a level of hierarchy within the team. Uh, you're basically saying, well, you have to make sure that everybody feels that he or she is able to be of added value in his or her role. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so and, so and you're not the traditional, at least in the perception, like Gordon Ramsay-like uh, chef screaming around the kitchen. And, and that's that's not your leadership style, I guess, then. I'll, I'll tell you one thing. Nothing good has ever come of screaming at, at somebody and trying and thinking that that would be the best way for them to perform. I mean, look at football players. There's always a, a coach screaming on the sideline and ever so often they'll perform well, but ever so often they won't. There's no consistency in that. If you want to create consistency in, in how people work, you have to, you have to make sure that, that their mental health is at its very best. Yeah. And nobody's mental health will benefit from somebody screaming at them. They will, it'll benefit from somebody caring for them. Um, and caring about them and also knowing that there are hierarchy at geranium, but it is respect earned, not respect gained by, by being, I'm your boss. You have to respect me. No, I, I start by respecting our dishwashers because then the dishwashers will respect me and so forth. You know, respect is earned by respecting the people who do work for you. And that's, that's something I, I keep teaching my managers, my restaurant manager, my floor managers, our sous chefs, our head chefs, assistant head chefs. Everybody knows that respect is earned. Respect is something you get from respecting others and their effort that they put in every day. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. And in terms of this, that, because that's also related to mental well-being work-life balance how do you make sure that you uh stick to a proper work-life balance yourself and being mentally healthy staying mentally healthy well, as well for for our staff we make sure that they don't work too much uh this industry has um you're saying been... for our for our staff you say how about yourself no, no. <laughs> well i mean our staff work three days a week they work a maximum of 45 hours um including breaks a week uh, which is important for us. Um, we 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 make sure that they have gym memberships and whatnot, so they can so they have a they they can do good for themselves. You know, um, it's important for us that they have days off. Um, they have four days off a week, which is important, so they can have a life besides geranium. It's something that Rasmus and I. Um, find it's very important. We divide our, our time in three equal parts. One is geranium, one is family, and one is our own time where we do, you know, the things that we like to do, whether I go to the gym or I play guitar or I sit at home and watch Netflix. 
doesn't really matter. What matters is that I, I, I gain a, a lot of mental surplus. So when I am at geranium, I'm 100% focused and I have mental surplus to, to deal with whatever small problems that comes along on an everyday basis at, at geranium. Yeah. Great to hear. Let us, let us finally trying at least to compare uh, leadership in your sector, restaurant, hospitality sector, and more in the broader perspective of leadership. And therefore, let me briefly get back to our current uh, or recurring format in which uh, my previous guests ask a question to the next guest, which is you in this case. Um, and uh, the, my previous guest was uh, Jan-Erik Sorgerstedt. Um, and he has a question on uh, that is related to sustainability and leadership. And his question is, how can you and your firm make a real economy impact and what can you do as a leader uh, within this broader scope of sustainability? I realize we'll jump on now to a broader perspective, but from your sector, what will, what will be your, your thoughts on it? Well, um, if you look at Denmark and Copenhagen, the uh, restaurant industry has a, has a big impact on the economy of, of, of Denmark. And it has uh, has uh, has that because it's very much tied to our one of our main uh, incomes, which is uh, which is actually um, tourism. And because of the restaurants that I in Copenhagen, uh, ourselves included, um, it, um, it this industry has a lot of focus in Denmark, also on a political level. And uh, I think we have a great responsibility as leaders to to do as as good as we can, and as well share as much as we can with other people to to try to to help others um, in our industry to become better leaders and help to to hire their all round level of leadership in the industry um we can also try to ask uh, to be an inspiration to to other industries and sectors um but it's very very difficult because i mean the the restaurant industry is very unique in the way it's run um not a lot of of bigger businesses are run in this way no uh, so it's it's hard to uh, inspire other people in that way, but I, I think we would try. Yeah, we try at least. Well, I think I think you do right now at the moment. You do, but uh, let's uh, <laughs> let's hear the feedback afterwards. Then, after people have heard our conversation, of course, it's also up to you to ask a question to my next guest. And my next guest will be Jerry Inserio. He is the group CEO of Diraya Gate Development Authority in Saudi Arabia. Uh, what would be your question to him uh, with regards to leadership? I will, uh, I will, I will ask him what they do to secure social sustainability in their workforce. Because for me, that is something I have very deep to my heart, and uh, I know I can still learn more. Um, and uh, so I would, I would, I would love to ask him that question. Uh, what is, in your opinion, the definition of social sustainability? What's 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 well, the important thing to you? 
there are a few things, but mainly it's to do with your staff. How do you maintain your staff? How do you, how do you make sure that there is a mental health program for them if needed? Um, and how do you, how do you, how do you put together a team? How do you view that, you know, in terms of, of different skill sets? Do you only look at, uh, cause I would never do that. I would never look at just skill sets that then I would put 10 messes on the same pitch. Mm -hmm. To me, it's, it's about creating a team that is, that has all elements of what I need, but also works really well. That's one thing then to make sure that there is a, a social good element there. Yeah. But in terms of making sure that they will stay in your business, what do you do to, to secure that your staff stays with you for a long time? Because we're, we're in living in a world now where there are thousands of opportunities for staff in all sectors to go somewhere else. But how do you, how do you, how do you balance creating good work environments also not breaking total financial sustainability as well for your company. Yeah. And, and, and your, how you do that is what you have been discussing so far is trying to make sure that people also have a life next to geranium. People yeah. are, uh, that, that the culture is, is right. That's, those are the things that you are working on that. Whether, whether people have a life next to geranium is, is, is their own choice. I hope they do, but we give them the opportunity to yeah. have a life uh, because we give them a lot of hours and we have, we actually, which is not common in this, but we actually have a lot of staff who has children as well, even though that they're working nights, three days, three days a week or two days a week, depending on how their, how their three day shift is. But what's so. but because we, we also, you, you have a very you sound like you have a very balanced and uh, well, quite a good view on, on, on how to deal with leadership, at least in your sector. Uh, you already really look balanced and relaxed and calm. Um, uh, but still, th are there any things that, that keep you awake at night? Well, you know what? I think, I think we learned from, from Corona or COVID that we are vulnerable that we can't take everything for granted and that we have to have a plan B. You know, I don't, I don't, I've always said there is no plan B, you know, we, we stick to what we do and we, we're, we, what, and what we do best. Yeah. But, um, we learned from, uh, from COVID that everything can be taken away from you in a, in a snap of a finger. Yeah. Um, I think, I think what sometimes keep me awake at night is that. I, I want us to be able to adapt to any situation. The problem is we just don't know what the world is going to throw at us in the future. We just have to be ready and be ready to adapt and, uh, and not be afraid to, to step out of your box in yeah. order to adapt. That's by, uh, because my last question will be, what would be your advice or your thoughts for other leaders? in all kinds of sectors from your perspective. Uh, I think, I guess this is already one uh, to, to conclude for everybody who's tuning in. Um, what would be your key thought or advice uh, with no. regard to leadership? I mean, 
I mean, that is some, I mean, that, that is, that is one of the things being able to adapt, um, and, and change things if needed. Other than that, I think stay true to yourself, but pay attention to every little detail in, in your daily work life and in your business and in the company. Um, I think, I think if you, if you miss the small details, they're going to add up to you missing the bigger details in the end of things. So pay, pay attention to every little detail. Yeah. That is to me, one of the biggest ways to obtain success. And I think if there's any place where people can learn that it is in the hospitality sector in your restaurant as well, the detail is key. Thank you so much, Søren, for this really wonderful, insightful conversation and for taking us in your kitchen for a, in your <laughs> restaurant for a, uh, let's say 30 minutes. Thank you very much for your inspiring thoughts on leadership and wish you all the best and uh, a very good day uh, ahead, I guess. Thank you very much, Søren. Thank Ledet. you. Thank you. It was my pleasure. And also a big thank you for tuning in. I really enjoyed this conversation. I hope you did as well. Thank you very much. And until next time, bye-bye.